Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Wow, after that I'm going to preach well. Well, good morning, Charlotte. Come on, a real Shiloh welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I really honour Pastor Krista and Pastor Phil for what they've done. But I also want to honour the Holy Ghost is here right now. This is not a meeting. If you've come for a meeting, I want to disappoint you. I'll, I'll disappoint you in advance. But you've come to a place where God wants to meet your need. Jesus doesn't come to give you information. He comes to give you transformation. And right now, we have stepped into transformation. What's transformation? You've come in sick, but you're going to get transformed, but you're going to go out of those doors healed. You might have come here with no peace. You are restless right now. You, You might have come here and Monday morning you've got to pay a bill and you're worried. But I'm here to tell you that God is going to provide for you. Church is not about having a good time, and I love having a good time. It's about praise and worship, it's great. But I tell you what, when you praise and worship the King of Kings, there is an outflow. And when there is an outflow, there is an inflow. So you need to get ready this morning. You need to get ready. You're going to have to say goodbye to your sickness. You're going to have to say goodbye to your depression. You're going to have to say goodbye to your financial lack. You're going to to say, I am no longer going to be lonely. Why? Because I've stepped into the presence of God. That was just my introduction. People say, how come you're so excited? As a preacher, there are times that I have to carry an atmosphere into a stadium, into a building. But this morning, I actually walked into an atmosphere. You've got to understand there's there's a huge difference. There's a difference with with the guy ministering or the worship team, the ministers, that, hey, we've got to bring it in. But this is the beauty of it. Right now, this is an appointed time for you. So I want you to do something with me. I want you to yell it out. Don't worry about the person next to you. Because if you're worried about the person next to you, that means he's going to meet your need. But right now, the person next to you can't meet your need. But I know somebody who can. And his name is Jesus. So I want you to do something with me. I want you to say, today, today is my breakthrough. It's my breakthrough. I am not, I am not leaving, leaving without my breakthrough. I can tick something off my bucket list. I'm preaching at the greatest church in the world. Uh, I'm not doing that as a warm-up. It's because when you get a download of how good church is, you will not have problems inviting people to church. This is just to get used to me. I am like this all the time. Pray for my wife. <laughs> but I'm not standing 
here in front of you because I've had lucky breaks. All of you here, people say life isn't fair. People say not everybody's born equal. Now I want you to listen to me very carefully. All of us didn't have a choice to the families that we were born into. Because if you did, you'd probably say, I want a refund. <laughs> Come on. Some of you were born into wealthy families where money was never an issue. Some of you were born into families where they've only had consistent health. So health was not an issue. But we all get born into situations where you go, it's not fair. Listen to me, life is not fair. But God has made something so significant. Because what brings us to a level playing field is one word, it's called faith. Yeah, that's it. I might not have been born into a wealthy family, but because I wasn't born into a wealthy family, doesn't mean I'm going to stay broke. Yeah. I might have been born in a family that is third or second generation on welfare, but instead of receiving welfare, I'm going to give welfare. Yeah, See, what, what the beauty about being born in this globe is this, is my way in, it doesn't declare my destiny. It is God that declares my destiny. So we have a young man by the name of David, the least, but he becomes the greatest. Yeah. See, what we've been taught in, do the best that you have with what you have. Listen to me carefully. That is true only in the kingdom, but not outside of the kingdom. Yeah. I was born with a learning disability. I could not read and write. I used to have a piece of paper in my pocket that said, Ted Fabianic, 132 Whitley Road, Ormond. Phone number 7586127. Reason being is, if I got lost, I had to tell somebody how to get home. But one day, I remember being in a meeting and seeing, and for the first time I heard a man of God, and something inside of me, there was this hearing. And I heard something. I heard something. I heard something. I heard for the first time that there is a power of God that can change destiny. Yeah. And here am I, I'm an 11 year old boy. I'm not educated. I can't read. I am the least. When I used to go to school, they used to put me in the back row. And then the embarrassment that they used to have a special teacher to come in during class and take me out. But one day I came to church. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I came where, where people were praising one God. Yeah. And I heard something. What I heard changed my life. I heard that the power of the Holy Ghost yeah. is here alive. I came and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I remember coming home, opening up my Bible that I couldn't read. And said, Holy Ghost, teach me. And from that moment on, my life changed. Right. Traveling to 20 nations a year, seeing amazing people think I'm actually clever. <laughs> I've got people thinking I've got a university degree. I don't have a university degree, I have a faith degree. Come on. Now let me tell you, university degree gives you information, a faith degree gives you breakthrough. Yes. See, what you don't need is information today. Yeah. See, you were born with faith. Yeah. 
when I started to see this. See, the problem is no longer with faith. Jesus, the reason the gospel is preached is because people have faith. Yeah. See, we've had all of these false situations like this. Satan is peddling so much information for problems we don't have. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Think about it. 25 ways to get faith. We have, we're trying to fix a problem we don't have. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Ah. <laughs> See, most people go, how do I get faith? Wrong question. Gee, if you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then you go into Acts, then you go into Romans, listen, read this. Every one that wrote the Bible preached and taught as if you had faith. You will not see Paul doing this. I am preaching to you because you have no faith. What he was doing is, I'm here to uncover your God-given gift, which yeah. is faith. Yeah. I'll prove this to you. I remember my first crusade that we had more unsaved people being healed than saved. Yeah. Yeah. I said, God, this is wrong. I remember... We were preaching uh, with Pastor Phil Preaches in Miami, and we've had thousands of people that got healed but never got saved. I remember going to a hotel room, going back, and um, God and I have a good relationship. I said, God, we, we need to talk that because these people are breaking protocol. <laughs> it is not right that they're getting healed. And I realized something. It's because some people get saved and they're buying to religion. Yeah. They're, they're trying to earn something that they have. And when an unsaved person hears the gospel, he responds to it. Yeah, I so I mean, first of all, before I preach, <laughs> you need to understand the reason I am here is because you have faith. The reason you're watching me online is because you have faith. The reason somebody brought you because you have faith. Because God's not going to, Pastor Phil did it. God doesn't take a seed and says, I'm going to put it on concrete. Yeah. When God sows a seed, it means we are meant to. Do you realize that you were designed to respond to faith? Yeah. See, faith always responds to the word of God. Yeah. So when Jesus preached, he went into every town, every house, every meeting, and he says, I am saying something that you are capable of receiving. Yeah. You good? Yeah. We need to break the mold that says, I haven't got what it takes. When you came into this world, God created you with a measure of faith to receive everything that He has planned for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, These are the plans that I have for you. Wouldn't it be wrong for God to say, I have this amazing plan, but you have no faith? Yeah. Yeah. See, Christianity is not going window shopping. What I can afford. I wish I could afford that. Yeah. See, most of us, so sometimes we go, because I wasn't born in a certain situation, I can't expect more. But I'm here to tell you that hearing supersedes seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just show you, I'm excellent. Outside of the kingdom, a picture paints a thousand words. Inside of the kingdom, a word paints a thousand pictures. Yeah. 
When you have a look at it, here's something about you, okay? When God created man, He said, let us create him or make him in our image. In the image of us, let us make him. And then he says that man became a living soul. The word there, soul, means this. And man became a speaking being. Wow. Now watch this carefully. Because man became a speaking being. God says, I'm giving you the secret of how things operate. So when God wanted to make the visible visible, he spoke. And because he gave you words, that means that that's how he's going to communicate to you. Because you are a speaking being, therefore you can understand words. And the Bible tells me that faith is uncovered, or faith counts with words. You were created to respond to words. Well, we'll show you this in a moment. Just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean you can't have it. See, I didn't, when I heard that the gospel has the power to take somebody that is illiterate, that has a learning disability, into somebody that people will pay thousands of dollars to work for them because he has a great intellectual mind. Think about it. Before I went preaching, I was paid for because of what I could think, not because of my physical strength. So you were created by God to rule by faith. When God wanted to see, it is words that take the invisible and put it into the visible. So if you can't, if you're not living in your reality, you speak your reality before you live in the reality. That is why the Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. What is he doing? I am speaking words and then the words give me a platform and once I have a platform, I walk on the platform. When I'm walking on the platform, I have it. So I'm here to tell you, I apologize. You are not disadvantaged. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. See, if you feel you're disadvantaged, guess what? You'll always be looking, you'll not interpret the word correctly. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. The path we walk is charted by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Wow, that's great. The word charted comes from when you're going into the ocean, you have to chart your course. And the Bible says you are created to live by, talk by, dream by faith. That is why information, listen to me very carefully, information is plentiful, but revelation is precious. Information won't change you. It is revelation that will change you. So right now, you... Have the faith to be healed. Yeah. Oh, but tell I'm not healed yet. That's because the Holy Ghost is now unraveling all the stuff that's been put into you. That's why you come into a church like this that preaches the word. Every time you come under the presence of the word of God, he unravels all the junk that's been put into you. Yeah. Three cups. <laughs> <laughs> you see what? Uh, I, I, like Pastor Phil, we get to preach all over the place. Let, let me show you something. 
I'm preached in the wealthiest nations in the world, and I'm preached in the poorest nations in the world. Guess what? They're all both the same. Yeah. Both the same. I, I, you know, people go, they go, what's the difference? Because doubt is the same whether you're wealthy or whether you're poor. But I'm here to tell you that you are a faith church. Yeah. You're a dynamic church. Yeah. God's got something in store for you. So what we've got, God says now, you're going to get things by faith. You're not going to get it by self-effort. Yeah. You're not going to get that addiction. Oh, the reason I got this addiction. Now let me just show you something. When God started to show me about faith, he said this to me. Hey, Fabs. God's lady called me Fabs, all right? Not you. <laughs> Fabs. Only my, only my wife Phil can. <laughs> he said this, if you're going to live by faith, you will never able to take any credit for anything. Wow. I said, oh, excuse me, what? <laughs> That's French. I'm trying to tell you that I know other languages. <laughs> I said, excuse me, God. And he goes, oh, no, 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 Ted, you don't understand. Is when you enter the realm of faith, faith discounts any self-effort. Yeah. And he says, the reason I'm here is because I acted on a God-given faith on a situation that was unfavorable. Yeah. So you start to move in there. Now, there's a guy in the Bible that absolutely shows this. His name is Blind Bartimaeus. Yeah. Now, before we preach, you need to understand something. When Phil said something to me while we were... I'm oh, sorry, Pastor Phil. Doctor, Reverend Doctor. <laughs> you get it. He prays for cancer and the cancer is healed. Praise for another cancer, and they get healed and healed. Do you realize that's not a fluke? That's called Bible principle. Yeah. The word testimony means this: do it again. Wow. That's where the word, where we get the word testimony. So when something happens, it's reproducible. Yeah, that's good. So when God does a miracle, so if somebody comes up here and says, hey, you know what? We could never ever afford a house. Then we were destined to be in a commission house for the rest of our lives. But God opened a way and we just bought a house. Why should this, look, I'm glad yet. Why should you clap? I'll tell you why you should clap. Because when you rejoice in that, that miracle re-manifests itself. Yeah. Let me give you this. We're preaching in PNG, and I'm preaching in a region, and we had a great altar call. A lot of people were getting healed, but one thing that was outstanding was all of these people were being healed of broken backs, back injuries. And then I finished the meeting, and as I finished the meeting, I gave it over to the youth pastor, to the children's pastor, and she went over and she said this. She goes, why don't we do what Pastor Ted said, do it again. So she got one of the people that had a back, who broke their back, got healed. And he's been and testified. The moment he testified, there were healings happening everywhere. The reason being is, when you hear a testimony of what God has done, it's not a one-off. So when you read a miracle in the Bible... The intention of the Holy Ghost is for this miracle to be done over and yes. over and yes. over and yes. over and over and over again. So every miracle is reproducible. Yeah. Every miracle, whether it's an emotional, financial, whatever it is. Now listen to this. In Mark 10, 47. If you understand the verse 47, it will unlock everything else. If you get the beginning wrong, you get the end wrong. Listen to this. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, stop right there. He couldn't see Jesus. Let's, let's get rid of a religious mindset. Seeing is believing. I never saw a cripple walk until the Holy Ghost spoke into my ear. Pray for that. Yeah. I've never seen a blind eye open until I heard God say it. Yeah. I've never been, I, I, I remember praying, God, I've never been in a crusade. How do I do it? See, hearing precedes seeing. Right. That's great. And here's this man, and he goes, You've you got to get to it. This is blind Bart preaching to you. And he goes, I haven't seen a miracle, but I heard. Because faith doesn't come by seeing, faith comes by hearing. Yeah. So what does that do? It, it absolutely says, I haven't seen anybody go from poverty to wealth. You're in a good spot. I haven't seen anybody go from a commission house to a beautiful house. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen somebody walk out of a wheelchair. I haven't. But God says, don't worry what you haven't seen. It's what you heard. And he says, when he saw that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, why? Faith has an action. Now watch this. He began to shout, and now you're going to hear the voice of faith. He began to shout what he heard. Yeah. See, we repeat ourselves. You know how Satan works? He gives you a lie, and then you start repeating it, then his job is done. Yeah. Satan doesn't have to be 24-7 around people. He just introduces it, and we keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, you know, Satan said, I'm not very good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're very good either. Oh, great, let's start a small group. We're not very good. <laughs> hey, somebody should write a book. We're not very good. See, Satan perpetuates, puts a lie in, and because if we're not spiritual minded, he doesn't have to work and we do his job. I'm tired of doing his job. Yeah, yeah. Now listen to this. And he began to shout, saying, Jesus, son of David, right now we are entering Leading information to transformation. Yeah. We're leading, we're going from information to revelation. It says, Jesus, son of David. Now, I want you to get this. This is a poor by the mass. How can this man have revelation without going to Bible school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because people said the only reason that people reach that because they had job opportunities or they had school. Is Bart that has more information, he has more revelation than the scholars. Yeah. He says, Jesus, son of David. Do you know what he was saying? His faith was talking. Jesus, the one that is expected to come. Now, watch this, this is powerful. He brings the future into the present because everybody around him is waiting for the Messiah, but he puts, this, puts the Messiah in present day form. Wow. One day I'll be healed. One day Jesus will come. One day, one day, he takes from the future, brings it into the present. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. So what he's saying to you is if you can see yourself in the future being well and healthy, you can bring it into the present. Yeah. We'll leave that one there. Right. And he says, Jesus, son of David, 
Jesus, son of David, I know who you are. You see, when, when word is heard, faith arises, then faith talks. Faith, he's saying, he's saying this, Jesus, son of David, you are the source. Yes. Now remember, he's begging. He's begging and the source is people around him. And he says, you are my source. Have pity and mercy on me now. Now, I want you to see this. This is going to be good. He says, he goes, God, have mercy on you. I want you to notice something. He's no longer talking. Jesus, look at me because I am poor. Jesus, look at me. I am broke. Jesus, look at me. I am sick. I want you to notice this. The moment he hears the word, he stops talking about himself and he starts to talk about the source. Wow. When faith is received, you stop talking about your problem, you start talking about Jesus. Now, I'll show you this. See, when he says, Jesus, have mercy on me, the word mercy. Now, listen, before this, have a look at this. In Exodus 25, 22, Moses gives us a definition. There, in Exodus 25, 22, it says, there I will meet you, and there I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat. Stop right there. Uh, uh, English is my fourth language. Fifth language. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not good at English. But I want you to notice this. From above that what? How is it that religion says that God is talking from a judgment seat? How is it that we always feel that we're being judged by God? And God says, Moses, I want to talk to you, but I'm not going to talk to you out of the judgment seat. I'm going to talk to you out of the mercy seat. I want you to understand something. Jesus is not sitting on the judgment seat. Jesus is sitting on the mercy seat. That's right. So when you come to God and He speaks to you, in any time that you feel judged by God, you've got it wrong. Now watch this. It gets better. Mercy. From between the two cherubims that are upon the ark of the testimony. I love that. I will speak intimately with you all that which I have given you in commandments to Israel. Now watch this, this is deep. Everybody say deep. The word mercy is also translated as the word womb. So in the Hebrew language, when they talked about a woman's womb, they were talking about mercy. I want you to to get this. This is the revelation that blind behind that said. He says, I want you to treat me like a child in the mother's womb. What does that mean? When a child is in his mother's womb, he's totally dependent on one source, mum. And guess what? He is loved and cherished, and the baby's done nothing at all. Just just, just ponder that. I loved Christine before she was born. She was in Sulay's womb. She was in Sulay's mercy. And he's saying this, I understand revelation. And I want to be treated as a baby in the mother's room who's never done anything but has unconditional love. See, when you say, God, have mercy on me, you're not saying, Pastor, from judgment. God, I want you to look at me as if I've never done anything wrong. God, I want you to look at me that you are my only source. You are my only protection. I can't see anything. And here's the watch, 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 watch. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just here to be 
revelation in my room itself. <laughs> when a baby in its mother's room, guess what the loudest noise is? The heart. So the baby grows up hearing the father's love. I remember being in a worship session in our church. Hey, how good was the worship today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at the time. Stop clapping. No one. <laughs> I'll be in a, in a worship session. And, uh, and God said to me, Ted, do you want to know what my heart sounds like? I go, yeah, I'd love to know. Tears are pouring down myself. And I heard this word, Ted, 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 Ted. Now, I, 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 I was wrecked. Because you know what? I always thought God's heart was, Ted, you're not doing this right. Ted, you're not doing this right. He was going, Ted, I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. He could. And I want you to know this. Every time that Jesus spoke, he brought heaven to earth. See, when, what happens is, is when you hear God, that is why God said this way. You know the Lord's prayer is not to be mimicked, but it's to be understood. Our Father, which art in what? Heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth. So what is he saying? Is that faith brings what is in heaven, what you can't see, into the visible realm that you can see. Yeah, that's it. Now listen to this. We need to change. When you get under revelation, your speech changes. That's it. Listen to John 3.31. He who comes from above heaven is far above all others. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of the earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. He who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and excellence. Whoa. Some of you need to grow up and start to talk properly. Okay, let me put my father hat on. If my kids come to me and they go, Dad, I'm unworthy, I, 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 I scold them. No, you're not, you're a fanatic. <laughs> See, what happens is this most of us are saved but still talking the earthly language. Yeah, that's it. Most of us, and let, let me just show you something. You good? Yeah. Let's pretend that this podium is the cross. Okay? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Can you imagine with me? Yeah. New life is over here. Resurrection is on this side where my water bottle is. I'm on here. Now listen to my earthly language. I come before the cross and I'm looking at Jesus and I go, Jesus, I tried. I can't do it. I need a saviour. God, I've tried to get healed. I've tried to be redeemed. I've tried to get peace. I've tried to get these demons out of me. I've tried it all. It's not working. But then something happens. God says, okay, stop. That's good, Ted. But now I want you to come through the cross. When I come to the cross, I now look at Jesus, and Jesus is dying for my sin. Jesus is dying for my sickness. Jesus is dying for my poverty. And what that happens then. But then God says, don't stay at the cross. Go through the cross. Now, I want you to understand, from I am unworthy to now my language is I can see God paying for my sin. But then when I accept him, I go through the cross. I am no longer unworthy because that person stayed on that side. Most of 
because you still didn't keep that way over here. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. Yes, that was true. But you went through the cross, Amen. out of the cross, and now I have the right to step on the cross. See, I start having the language change. Over here, yes, I am a sinner. I didn't get a lucky break. I got the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So now I am no longer that unworthy scum. I am a righteous of God in Christ. I no longer have the unworthy mentality because the cross made me worthy. So what we can get this right? So it's the language. What's the language of heaven? This is it. Is we take what others can't see and bring it into our reality. Now watch this. When you get faith, you get action. Faith is not a mindset. Faith is a transformation. And the moment he does that, you know what happens is when he started to cry out, Jesus, son of David, guess what happened? Everything around him started to go shut up. Who do you think you are? And I want you to see, opposition is not a sign that you give up. Opposition is a sign to get louder. Yeah. Yes. Push harder. Yeah, come on. So he starts by going, Jesus, son of that. I want you to notice, he is not repeating what his problem is. He's repeating revelation. So he starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's telling him to be quiet, to be quiet. And I want you to watch this. The moment you cry out, God will silence your enemies. Yeah. It was Jesus that stopped it and said, get him over here. I want you to notice, you cry, he silences. So I don't even have to touch the enemy. I don't even have to... And caught in contact with the enemy. I don't even have to eyeball the enemy. All I gotta do is cry out revelation. Right. Now have a look at this. And Jesus said to him, and then throwing out his outer garment, he leaped up and came to Jesus. Ah. He's blind. Why would a blind man throw his outer coat into a crowd that he can't see? If you're blind, you only had one coat. Did you throw it away? Especially to a crowd that doesn't like you. <laughs> he, he threw away his garment. And what is this? You know what the garment represented in those times? Let me put it into your cultural context. That to be, he was a certified beggar. So in those times, to recognize the force of begging, to the genuine beggars, they would give him a coat. There was a, he wore something on top of his clothes that said, I am a bona fide beggar. I'm good seed for your generosity. So what does he do? He throws off his identification. Wow. Do you know what the problem with some of, not this church, other churches, <laughs> is that we still identify with this guy some of us identify with the suffering servant. Oh, yeah, I'm suffering for Jesus. Yeah, I've got to bear my own cross. Yeah, I've got to get up and listen to Ted Ferriani. Oh. 
<laughs> Listen to me carefully. God never said to identify with the dying Christ. He said to identify with the risen Christ. Amen. He throws away his identity. And then by doing that, he's saying this. I no longer am I going to be identified is how you see me. I am no longer going to be identified by my sickness, by my eyesight. What he's doing, he says, I'm changing my ID. And he goes, I don't have any need for this. Lord woke me up this morning and he gave me this revelation. And when he's throwing it away, this is what the declaration. I am forever done with weakness. I am forever done with fear. I am forever done with lack. I am forever done with leftovers. I am forever done scraping along. I am forever done. By him throwing that away. He says, I'm done with my sickness. I'm done with my blindness. I am done with my begging. You see, the jacket, I could have mercy from you. But with faith, I get mercy from God. See? The world will give you mercy, yes. The world will will give you handouts, yes. But I'll tell you what, it's a good place to start, but it's not a good place to live. God didn't come to keep you where you are. He came to get you out of where you are. And so he says this, now, I want you to throw it away. You are not what you were. You are not what your parents said. When I had a learning disability, my family had a life group. (laughs) I was the centre of attention. Oh, because a lot of kids in my family, oh, you're going to be, you're going to be smart, you're going to be do this. They looked at Ted, and he goes, "Well, don't worry about it, Ted." you're strong and you can lift heavy things. <laughs> My family goes, yeah, we agree. So you know what? I started exercising. But then I realized, I'm going to my family. My, I go to my family. Hey, you were wrong. You were wrong. You thought, you thought I was going to be a bodybuilder, but I am a fat builder. <laughs> you know, watch, watch this. You know how we talked about language? He's a beggar. Beggars don't make statements. They just put their hands up and go, what have you got? What have you got? What have you got? And he can I fight? He he has to do it because I'm the visiting minister. And he goes, we'll be finishing and then we're going to pray, okay? We're going to lay hands on people who are going to see the power of God. And he starts to do this. And look at verse 51. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now watch this, he's a beggar. Listen to me very carefully. We've been taught, God, whatever you want, whatever you want. Jesus starts to talk to him on his level, not at the beggar's level. Yeah. My question to you is, hey, what do you want? Shiloh Church, what do you want? Yeah. Heads of them, mom, what do you want? Dad, what do you want? Solomon, what do you want? Yeah. Unemployed, what do you want? Sick, what do you want? No peace, what do you want? I want you to notice something. Then Jesus elevates him. Let's talk. And he goes, what do you want? What do you want? And I want you to notice this. Because of his faith, Jesus doesn't talk to him like a beggar, nor does he respond like a beggar. And he says, 
And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, I let me receive my sight. Now I want you to notice this. And then Jesus says, it's not according to your ability or your provision, but according to your faith. Yeah. Wow. I pray the worship team up. We're going to start praying for people. I'm here to tell you that God's going to touch you this morning. The presence of God is here. But you're going to get prayed for in a different way. You're not getting prayed to receive faith, but you're coming here to receive. I remember when I started doing this, when God showed me, we would have prayer lights. And instead of asking, what is your problem? I started to do this. What will God do for you? What will God do for you? Right now, the presence of God is here. I'm going to pray in a moment. The first thing I want to pray, I want to pray for financial needs. Who here in this auditorium has a financial need? Just put your hand up. It's good. Don't be ashamed. Listen, let me tell you why I have no problem. Hey, I once had a car that I needed to pray for to start. I needed to pray for it to stop. And then I needed to pray that, you know, I pray that somebody steals it. <laughs> I had a car that we had to tie the door pillars up because the doors would fly open and the kids would be out on the street. You turn the corner and you go, one, two, three, yeah, the kids are there. Hey, listen to me. I'm out in industry. I got a phone call from Sylvain. The kids didn't have a bus fare. She bought a new dress for church. She had to go put it back, ask them to give it to her so that we can send our kids to church. So I'm not here talking to you. I'm talking to you. I understand this. But I believe right now that there's a power of God to release you. I'm here to tell you that from now on you're going to do this. Let the poor say, I am rich. We're going to start to talk faith over your life. And you know what? This is Charlotte family. This is where we get our needs, man. So come on. Lift up your hands again. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. I am a Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.